You're listening to Why Try, the podcast. If you're going to go into something where there's art people, which is what I did, you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. You can't go in and be the same as everyone else because why buy from you versus someone who's been there longer and is more established. So I've recorded about 50 episodes of this podcast and wanted to revisit some of my earliest episodes, both to polish them up a little bit with better editing, but also to explore and re-examine the wisdom that the guests had to offer, even at this early stage of the podcast. And I'm really glad I did. In particular, I'm, I'm glad I took the time to listen again to Brennan Egronoff and his business, Hoopswag. So as I've said before, I, I'm really impressed with him as a person, not just his business insights, but his attitude and his maturity, which is really rare, I think, for someone of any age, not just people you know, in their, their late teens who started a business when they were still in middle school. I think you'll get a lot out of this conversation, even if you listened to it once before. Because even for me, going through slowly and editing this conversation a second time, I found myself learning new things that I'm, I'm really excited to apply in my own life. So I founded Hoopswag in 2013, and we're an apparel customization business, but we specialize in socks. And so I will take white socks and then use a process to design them and color them any way I want. So anything I can get in a Photoshop file, I can get onto a sock. And we do lots of stuff like teams and charities and organizations. We help raise money for them, as well as I sell on Amazon, Etsy, eBay, my own site. I got a loan from my parents. I got my original equipment set up in my garage. Uh-huh. And then I sort of went from there. I like did what I could for a year trying to learn how to advertise market online, basically how you can drive sales. And then I launched a new website that was much better and easy for people to buy on. And then that next summer, I kept going. I hired my first employee in the spring. Who was your first employee? Uh, you want name? Oh, I mean, was it like a friend? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like a good friend of mine. Found out friends don't work so well for employees, but anyways. I can see it's a weird dynamic. Exactly. Because you're like equal before and then you're kind of like like a boss. I'm like the youngest person at my company, but I'm in charge of everyone. Yeah. Yeah, It's weird. But basically next big like milestone for me was I launched on Amazon. And this was a huge step for my company because it like allowed me to, I don't know if you know, but Amazon's got a reach of over 100 million people. And so this like massively expanded my marketplace reach and potential to sell to people. Yeah. And so after that, my sales really started to take off from Amazon. And then I slowly built my company through social media, email marketing, um, and all that good stuff. But, and then that basically brings us to today. So, uh, something a lot of people might not be able to tell. How old were you when you started the company? Uh, 13. 13? Yeah. Okay. And what was the loan from your parents? Like, how much was that for? Uh, the original loan was for $3,000 for my equipment and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Before, it wasn't like they just gave me a loan. Like, I had got a few samples made. So, I was like a sixth grader, really obsessed with these Nike Elite socks. Like, everyone had these things. Were and, they all white? or? No, they had Nike offered all sorts of different colors. At first, I think they had eight colors or so. And so, I went to the store and I saw these socks. I was like, $14? Like, who's going to pay $14 for a pair of socks? But later, who knew that they're paying $50 for a pair of socks? So, I ended up saving. I mowed the lawn all one summer, saved up all my money, and bought a pair at the end of the summer from one of my competitors. I bought a pair, and they took three weeks to get here, which was kind of disappointing because I was, like, really excited to get them. Once I got them, they were, like, really cool. Everyone at school loved these things. And so, I had a basketball tournament the next summer that I was looking um and my team wants socks. So I was like, how can I make these myself? And so after about six months of research and figuring out how I can print them and talking to people online, I found someone local who can do the special process that is required to make them. So I got about 10 samples made and then I kept four for my basketball team and the extras I sold all on eBay and they all sold out basically instantly. So I got a few more samples made, sold a few more sort of to prove my business model. Then I went to my parents and said, Hey, I've got this idea. It works. You want to um, scale it up. Exactly. I needed some money to get started and just get my own machine and stuff. So where are you at now in the business? I have three brands right now. Okay. I have the Hoopswag ones. There's a brand called Notion. And then I sell on the Nike Elites too. Okay. What's the difference between the brands? Uh, so I started with Nike Elites. I did those for like two and a half years. Like that's mm-hmm. all I did. So what's this one? So I launched that in June of 2006. So like six months ago. Okay. Almost a year now. It's more recent. Yeah. And because I just need to, get, I need to get away from the Nike name. Um, okay. Not for legal reasons, but just because they can cut your inventory off at any moment and be like, oh, we're done selling those. Okay. So we're like trying to create our own supply chain. And people also wanted like a cheaper alternative because the Nikes were 25 bucks each and yeah. weren't willing to pay that much. So we have yeah. like, we gave these out to like high schools and stuff. It's better for like promotional things. And yeah. Yeah. And then the notion I bought one of my competitors last month, I think I told you before, um, that was like their brand. So we're working on that. 
That's really exciting. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. That's on my list for things I want to talk to you about. So how, how did you find out about that? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, so back in November, we get this email from the second largest competitor on our market. And it says, we're selling. Are you interested? And so immediately we respond. We just wanted some more info. Um, we got on a call with them, figured out the details. There was about six or seven of us that had competing bids for the company. But at the end of the day, what happened was they chose us, even though other people offered them more money, because of the fact that we do, we just do business the right way. We don't do sketchy things or illegal things. Um, and we just function the right way. Like we're good. We were based on good morals, I guess, the way I run my company. And so we ended up acquiring them. And just last, last month, I went down there and uh, picked up all the stuff and ended it up or cleared up, finished the deal, I guess. But yeah. Interesting. So what do you buy when you buy a company in your industry? Yeah. So in my industry, um, it was basically all their assets. So one of the things that's valued in my industry is designs. And mm-hmm. I had around 200 of them. And so with their purchase, we have over 500. So we got around 350 from them, I believe. Oh, wow. Um, and then we got a heat, we got two or three heat presses and then their, all their social media. And they had like over 300,000 on Instagram. So that was worth a lot. It's yeah. good. Yeah. So you got to keep their brand. Exactly. I'm keeping them separate for now. I'm running Hoopswag and their company's called The Socking. Um, and I'm keeping them totally separate for now. It blo- blows my mind. Cause you have the poise of like a very, like you're, you're a very mature person. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then thinking about the fact that you're not old enough to drink a beer, but you've just acquired a company, <laughs> which is so cool. I mean, I don't even know you that well and I'm proud of you. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just cool. So after this, the audio quality gets kind of garbled, but basically I was asking Brennan if he, if he reads a lot and kind of what he does to accelerate his own personal growth. And he started talking about a book written about Jeff Bezos and I'll just kind of let him pick up in the middle. And then I'll share the title of that book in the show notes. It's crazy. Like the way he thinks about logistics and things is just like mind blowing. Like no one else had ever done that before, you know? But yeah, it was just shocking. <laughs> His whole story is shocking. Like from a young age, even they were like, this kid's weird, but it's like good weird, I guess. Yeah. It seems like the more people, more I learn about people like that, the the less normal they are. Like yeah, every, yeah. everyone's just, uh, I mean, I was talking about Buffett. Apparently he was just a super weird kid. You know, like, yeah. Just like really antisocial and... They definitely have like odd starts where they start in life. Yeah. It's definitely unique spots. It's not the whole mainstream. So what, what do you think about that? About like not popping out of the mainstream thing? Or, yeah. Um, like is it... Like it's lonelier maybe? Yeah, for sure. I definitely say you probably will run along a lonely path. But at some point it's also like... Dude, that's like your unique side. And I feel like that's almost... Like the people with that have some sort of gift a little bit. Like I feel like you... They have like the college courses for entrepreneurship and all that, but at some point you kind of just got to be born with it. I feel like it's a trait that you're born with, I guess. And not it's like to go your own way. Exactly. Or like it's learnable up to some point, but you can't take a class that says, Oh, go do this. Like this is your own path. Like you sort of got to find it as you go. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not like there's the whole, as I'm going through school now, there's the whole go to college path. Like here are the stepping stones. There's no stepping stones. You definitely got to go like way out of the way and kind of define your own path I guess yeah like by virtue of just doing something new like yeah you're gonna or just not doing the mainstream thing like finding what you are passionate about and then following it mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting what advice would you have for people who are interested in doing that there's definitely a few things I would say first of all the biggest thing for me is like uh the learn how you learn that's a little bit confusing but um that's what helped me get to where I am today like if I didn't teach myself things I wouldn't be evolving. My business wouldn't be evolving. I learned at a young age, the best way for me to learn it and take information and then apply that. And so I think that really helped me. Like basically I take the skills that I learn and then I keep applying them more and more towards future things. So like when I was younger, I learned how to sell online and that's sort of, what I ended up doing, but I wouldn't have been able to just like click a button and start selling online. There was a whole build up to that. Not only learn information, but find a way to apply it in your life, I guess. You mentioned a couple of previous businesses that you started before Hoopswag. Uh-huh. Can you tell me a little bit about those? Yeah. So when I was seven, I was not like the typical uh, childhood kid, I guess. Because so, seven's pretty young to yeah. start, start making money. Yeah. Money. So when I was seven, I would go to garage. My parents would take me to garage sales on the weekends. And I would go, I'd bring my phone and I'd look on eBay at these products. I'd look them up and uh-huh. see how much more I could sell them for. And if I could sell them for even a dollar or two more, I'd go ahead, buy it, and then go home and list it on eBay. 
And that sort of taught me like the aspect of e-commerce and how the whole shipping and yeah. just where the funds go after you sell a product. And, Cause it's not a super quick process to get it back to you. Right. Um, so that sort of gave me a basis for that learning. Then after that, I would um, go on eBay, like at midnight, middle of the night, buy these styluses for the Nintendo DS and the screen protectors. Right. So I'd buy like six styluses and a screen protector. They're all one cent. So I got my whole package for seven cents. They took like <laughs> two, three months from China to get here. But uh, once I got them, then I would package them all together and sell them for like five bucks and just turn around because it was like domestic shipping and people don't want to wait for them from China. Okay. So I just have like a constant inflow of styluses and I just keep shipping them out the next day. So it's like worth the, you know, $4.99 to people. Exactly. To, yeah. To and for like an eight-year-old, that was amazing money. But yeah. Yeah. Like making 10 bucks a day. That's great. Well, you got, you've got insane margins. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah, they're basically 100% almost. But then after that, we tore a fence post or we tore like a whole fence down in our yard and my mom built a garden bed out of it. And... Our, all of our friends that came up were like, oh, I need to get this. Um, it was like a retro-looking garden bed. So we took the rest of the fence. Um, I built garden beds out of them. We listed them on Craigslist and sold those for like 100 bucks each, I think. And it was basically free other than like the nails and the time yeah. to make them. Just like scrap you had sitting around. Exactly. Yeah, it was just like garbage wood we had. Um, <laughs> you created some, like, something out of nothing. Yeah, $100 of value for yeah, garbage. Exactly. It was really strange, actually. It was like, oh, you're actually going to pay for that? Like... I also... Um, no, but if they like it, like, exactly. it's not garbage anymore. It's, like, a valuable... Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, I'll keep going with this. But that only lasted so long because you only have so much wood uh-huh. sitting around. But sure. um, after that, I would go take pictures just around my property and sell them online on eBay. And you could sell them to, like, for stock photography and for oh, different websites because okay. usually they charge, like, hundreds of dollars to get full rights to them. So I was just, like, a selling them for, like, 30 cents or something like that. But I was like, oh, I can just resell the same image over and over and over again. Uh-huh. Um, so that worked out for a little bit. And then after that, I would go to Goodwills around here because we have Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour campuses that are all right here. Right. And so we mapped out which days their reps, the guys that get all the samples and stuff, would go drop stuff. And then we would go the next day and get all those like really cheap Nike and Adidas stuff with like brand new with tags and then turn around the next day and sell it on eBay. Okay. Um, yeah. It's a pretty good angle. Yeah. Just sort of like picking up money here and there, but not the money, just like learning how there's all these different types of businesses Yeah, and like how each one works. I don't know. So that like taught me most of my younger ones were all like turn around, sell it online. Yeah. Like growing from arbitrage to like more complex things. Yeah, exactly. Like more value added. Yeah. And like each step I would bring what I learned from the previous one on to make it a little bit better, I guess. How do people start learning that process when they're not seven? How do they start learning? Yeah. So my age or even like my parents' age. So you look at your everyday life and there's always the, we'll find a problem and then find that solution. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if you think too hard about it, it's not going to come to you. Like that, I do this all day, every day. I'm always like thinking, I'm not necessarily looking for a problem to be there, but when it arises, it's like the first thing that pops in my mind is all these different solutions. Um, but you just have to find, so say you find a problem, um, and you find a probable solution. It's not like, it's like, boom, business, you have an idea, it can work, but you also have to go prove it, not prove it, but basically find that there is demand for it of Mm -hmm. some sort. Um, so you have to find something that's also really high in demand. Like you can't go hit a tiny little, uh, market of people, but in terms of like finding a way to start. I think you, it can't be like something random either. It could be, but I think to really like get going, it has to be something that you're passionate about. Like that's sort of what sparked my business and kept it going. It's interesting. Yeah. One of the things that I've heard that has been, I, I don't have my own business yeah, or anything, yeah. but basically it's like, what do you think the world needs or needs more of? Mm-hmm. Like what makes the world better? And then just do that. Because whatever you think that is, is probably a good representation of what you feel strongly about. What do, you, what do you think of that? I don't know. Um, one of the biggest things that I would say probably to answer that is people that are willing to communicate and help other people. Because I feel like ideas can't just like come together one person on their own. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that don't want to have anything to do with anyone. And I feel like if, these, if like, people are willing to work with each other and collaborate and create together, I don't know. I feel like we can find a lot better of a world to live in. You mean like people... 
wanting to help people as they come up with ideas. Yeah, like not, oh, I don't know who you are, like go away. Like basically being more open to work with people. I don't know. I feel like there needs to be more collaboration between people instead of like, I feel like it's always a competition and it doesn't necessarily have to be a competition. If mm-hmm. it makes any sense. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, like we can work together instead of competing against each other. Like instead of having a hundred people compete against each other, what if we had like three or four, but with lots of different ideas that create overall like a better end solution to whatever mm-hmm. your problem is. Exactly. Yeah. And like the world's better for that instead of a circle of backstabbing. Exactly. Yeah. What have you found about working with other people? What have I found about working with other people? Is there something that, anything you've learned from yeah, like, for since sure. you started? I've definitely dealt with some like sketchier people and I was like, oh, it sounds too good to be true, but I was a little bit immature and um, I lost a bunch of money doing some stuff with people that were not good people. And, um, but Basically, the thing I've learned the most is like, if you have a gut feeling that someone's not going to do business well, or even like be a good person, like you just sort of got to trust it and run with it. Because most of the time, it's going to be correct and pay off in the end. Because really, you don't want to mess with bad people that don't have good intentions. Yeah. In my experience. It's interesting. Yeah. It's crazy the amount of life experience you have, you know, as someone like six years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's exciting too. Like I... Something that I've kind of realized more as I've gotten older, people want you to do well. Like people uh-huh. really generally want the best for you yeah. and they want you to succeed and like they'll help in like really uh, generous ways. Yeah. And like you just don't always expect it. You just need to like kind of put yourself out there and exactly. instantly there's a community. I think I think that's one of the cooler things about um, having your own path. But in this process, so who are some people that have like encouraged you? So I've had a few people that I've met through like the most random places. Like I had a teacher who was like the best man at his wedding who hooked me up talking to this guy in like seventh grade. And, um, I, I still work with him today. Um, but they're not necessarily, I don't necessarily have like one or two mentors. I've got like a whole network of people that yeah. specialize in different areas and have different expertise. Yeah. Um, but I've built good relationships with them. So if I ever have a question or need to go to them for something, they're always super willing. Like you said, people just generally want you to do well. Yeah. And so they're always up for giving ideas and a lot of them give me work. Um, but I also, um, my, my teachers have helped a lot. I run into teachers at school who are either like gung ho for it, what I do, or they're like, no, like, why would, why do you think they'd be, why, why, why no? I'm not entirely sure. My guess is they're stuck on this idea of like academics, like, cause I'm not exactly the most academic person. I could be if I put the time and energy into it, but right. I just don't. Um, and so if I don't, some of the teachers, if you don't agree with their ideas on education, I guess, they are like, they don't like it, what I do. You're kind um, of close-minded maybe, or? I'm not even sure if it, maybe a little bit close-minded, but I think it annoys them that I put my work before school, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I think they should think it should be like, we're not like school before work. Well, most people, it would be that way. Exactly. And sometimes they just don't even understand, and it's just, just deal with it and move on. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, it's not like they're just being mean to be mean. And they're not even being mean. They just aren't necessarily approving of it. They just don't understand. Exactly, yeah. I think that's probably the best answer is they don't get it. Yeah. So um, would you mind like saying a few of the people that have encouraged you positively? There's a guy named Josh Unruh from Beaverton. And he continually, every week, brings me new stuff. But not only that, he's put me in positions to talk to people that have a lot of influence, um, as well as put me into new positions that I would have gotten nowhere near without um, his connections and ability to talk to people. Another guy, I forget his name. He is the CEO of uh, Full Sail Brewing. Oh, okay. Uh, Corey Homestock, I think. I like their stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. but um, I've only talked to him once or twice, but um, anytime I need help, I'll go to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's helped me hugely with um, in terms of legal rights. He has a bunch of friends that are able to help me out in terms of making sure I'm doing things the right way without basically saying my name because like they have, he's got friends that work at Nike and Adidas and uh, goes, okay. so if in this case there's someone potentially doing this, is it okay? Uh, okay. So you're not infringing. Exactly. And I had that all checked out before I got too big, but, uh, just yeah. sort of looking for a potential to do something with them. But, um, he also, when you talk to these people that have all this life experience and business experience, they just come up with some ideas that you would have never thought of because 
they have more experience than you do and they've gone through a lot of different things. So I think that's probably the most, one of the most valuable things from talking to these people. And they don't even have to be business people. Like there's a lot of really smart people that just think way outside the box that you kind of have to go put yourself out to, like you said, and get a hold of them. So in terms of uh, like you personally, so you mentioned you're not like super academic because uh-huh. you've got a lot of other things going on. Do you think uh, it's like college in the future for you? So I was looking at college because I really, I was keeping my doors open. I didn't know what was going to go on. I took hard enough classes in high school that I could easily get into a college, but I wasn't like the full like AP everything, like 4.0. I have like a 3.9 something, I think. So I still have a good GPA. Okay. Yeah. So that's like nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, but... Um, I, thought you, I thought when you were saying you weren't very academic, you were like, oh, you know, B's and C's. Oh, no, no. But no, no you're like three... Okay. Yeah, I okay, take like all these. I just don't take hard classes. Okay. But I've sort of... I've talked... I have a lot of older friends who've gone to college and they're all like, I, I don't get the point. Like, a lot of them were similar to me in the entrepreneurial sense. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't really... They're like, I should not have gone to college. I'm in debt $50,000 and I still have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. So... Yeah. I don't know. I totally went through that. Yeah. I'm, I'm figuring it out as I go. Exactly. But I don't know. I feel like I have a better idea at a younger age what I want to do. And uh-huh. so I'm kind of like, it's hard for me to justify going to college because I'll be missing out on a business opportunity. Right. Um, and I don't know. I don't think I would. In, I visited a college or two and just looking around, I don't know that that's the type of atmosphere I would do well in, I guess. Interesting. I, I have trouble like sitting down. Obviously, I don't have the college experience, but... You have a lot of energy. Yeah, I'm, like, always going. Like, yeah. I can't imagine being constrained to, like, a smaller room. Like, Interesting. Yeah, I've always got stuff to do. I'm, I'm not an expert. I would say, yeah. like, you sound like the kind of person that would get into a Harvard or something like that. Because they love that. They love the unique story. The people who are go-getters put together, doing something new and, you know, uh-huh. off the beaten path. Yeah. Someone find their own path. They... They go crazy for that. There's not, an, exactly. they can't, they can't get enough of that. Yeah. Like if you do want to do that, yeah, yeah. I, I would, you know, send a few applications that way. But all my friends always bug me. Like, you should apply to Stanford and Harvard and Yale. Oh, you should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth a try. We'll see what happens. Oh, absolutely. You should. Uh, you mentioned you're taking a gap year in between. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So as of now, I'm just going to, I'm graduating early. I'll mm-hmm. graduate after first try next year. Okay. Um, and then my plans to take a gap year. And I'm looking at actually applying to colleges. I don't know if I'm going to go, but you can apply and then take that gap year because it's hard to apply after a gap year. But you can get oh, okay. accepted and then take the gap year. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. It's sort of a new thing we're looking at. but No. Yeah, so... It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'm starting to look into that as a potential because I don't want to completely say no college. Like, I want to keep my options open. Oh, yeah. Um, but as of now, I'm going to take a gap year and run my business full time. Yeah. Yeah. I think cool. I mean, you've got like pretty pretty great growth going so yeah. it'd be hard to walk away from did i ask you like what college would have to offer what, like what you think call yeah. what you would gain from college um that's what i'm trying to explore like um i'm trying to figure out for me like if there's um something that college could offer me i'm totally open to it but i have like yet to find a reason what that is yeah like I don't, i've been i've certainly been looking for that like yeah. why should i go to college like what is that going to provide to me like how will that help? And then the general answer I get is, oh, it'll make your business bigger. But it's like, how? Like, what are they going to teach me? Because I don't know that much about college, but from what I've heard, your first two years are general classes. Yeah. And then you start specializing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to take, like, general biology. Exactly. And I'm yeah. like, I, why would I take, why would I pay to take general biology and basically essentially lose money in my, uh, like, my value of my business, I guess? I guess you could, like, kind of hunt and peck through the syllabus and just do like only business classes or yeah but then it's sort of like uh, i don't know yeah at that point you might as well just do community college and just pick up exactly yeah like a a night or something oh really yeah um it got passed like two years ago i think it's called uh oregon trust i believe it's two four years of community college that's great that opens a lot of doors for people i'm sure so why why do you think more people don't start their own business so as I started my business and got yeah. further and further in, um, this sort of became more apparent to me. So example in my business, there's so many barriers to entry um, that at any one of them, someone could be like, oh, I, I can't do this. Like, for example, just by as a beginning, um, when I first started, you needed Photoshop and Illustrator, and those both cost 600 bucks each. Okay. So when you're starting a company, you don't have like 1500 bucks to go spend on graphic design software. 
Um, luckily for me, I had friends at Adobe who got it really cheap for me. Right. So there's all these little things, I guess, that are that could be potentially things that just completely stop someone in their path from starting their own business. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of finding the people who do end up starting their own business are the people that find a way around them or so, like find a way to get through it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people also almost doubt themselves. Like, I feel like a lot of businesses start um, from a passion or love for what they're founded around. Um, and I feel like that almost drives the business. So if you don't care about what you're doing or you're just starting a business to start a business, um, it won't go very well because I feel like there's some sort of sense of passion in what you're doing. Yeah, talk, talk more about the doubt. So like, I certainly like had doubts because I was like $3,000. That's a lot of money I came sure, yeah. to invest. Um, and so, but I did math my Excel spreadsheet. I was like, all I got to do is sell 100 pairs of socks. I can do that. And I was like, okay, worst case, sell 100 pairs of socks, make my money back. It's done. Like, that was fun. But I feel like a lot of people who want to start, like, I've experienced this in my own high school. There's lots of kids who have tried to start their own business. Mm-hmm. And um, they aren't shown necessarily, like, go do this. Uh, they're sort of told by people, they're like, oh, that's, like, a dumb idea. Like, why would you do that? Like, that's already been done. But it's like, if you sort of um, get past that doubt and ignore the people that say you can't, um, you're going to end up with something great. Um, that's sort of my opinion. Yeah. Cause there's always going to be people that are like, no, that's a dumb idea. But you look at the people who are extremely successful and everyone thought they were crazy. Like, yeah. uh, Jeff Bezos, all those people just, they, everybody's like, that guy's a nut job, but yeah. look at what he turned out to be. Like those are the people with the unique ideas that sort of ignore what society will tell them, I guess. Right. They're weird people doing it an unusual thing because that thing doesn't exist yet. Exactly. Yeah. So like by definition, they have to be kind of weird or they have to seem weird in the moment before mm-hmm. they seem like geniuses Exactly. later on. Maybe it's a really weird dynamic because they're pioneering something that doesn't exist. So yeah. What do you think the difference is between like delusion and vision? Delusion and vision for those kinds of people. Yeah. Um, I like delusion and vision. Actually, I think a vision is something that you see like towards your future and a delusion is something you see towards your future as well, but there's nothing behind it to execute. So I think the people who are really successful aren't the ones that are sitting around and talking about what they're going to do. They might talk about it, but they just go do it. They get it done. And then I think that's eventually what drives them forwards because they just keep getting stuff done. Like we could talk about like building a rocket ship that goes all the way around the solar system and back, but unless someone does it, it's not going to get done. Um, and that's sort of what happened with Elon Musk. Like, uh, everyone's like, this guy's crazy. And then he's like, oh yeah, just wait. And then like a few weeks ago, he pulled it off. Like did the relaunchable rocket. I think yeah. it wasn't like he did plans for 10 years. Obviously there's some sort of planning um, necessary, but like he just went and got it done. Like there's some sense yeah. of just do it. Like just go for it. Like all in. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I love that spirit. What do you think the risks are of that? Oh, it's certainly dangerous. Um, it's certainly dangerous because you can't just go all into anything. Um, I think anything that you're going to go all into, you definitely have to do some research before you say, okay, this could work. Like I'm going to pour all my heart and energy into this. Um, and I think that is, that is what's going to make it successful or not successful. Cause you could look at something you're like, wow, this could really work. But if you do zero background information and see that there's no one that actually has a need for what you're going to provide mm-hmm. and go all in, that's great. You could have found something really cool. Um, but no one has a need for it. So I think you sort of um, have to like prove or find that there's a like requirement or need for it where you're going to try to have people use it. Yeah. But certainly if you just go all into something without basically taking precaution, yeah. it's not, it's going to be a mess. On the other side of it, I've had some ideas myself, you know, and may- maybe I was like too harsh in my research for saying like, okay, you know, it could work, but here's all these reasons it couldn't work. Like all these things that could go wrong. So I shouldn't, shouldn't try it. It'll, yeah. it'll just blow up. So how do you stop someone from becoming like too pessimistic? I feel like at the same time, because that's the right thing. You also have to be a pessimist of your own work. You can't just be all yay. Like right. this is going to be perfect, but there's some sort of sense of risk versus reward. So if it's high risk, it's going to be high reward. And I think that's somewhat of a personal choice, but you have to find where that balance is for you. Uh-huh. And as you gain more experience, you're going to, gain more knowledge into what works for you. Mm-hmm. But you also have to have a little bit of faith sometimes or just a leap of faith, I guess, and go like, if even if 
obviously if everything's saying no don't do this like it's all bad things that could go wrong Mm -hmm. you're not going to want to do it but at some point you got to look at these bad things and say is there any way i can turn these into good things and sort of not convert them but find solutions to the bad things and there's some bad things you just can't change like they're just going to stay that way but i think at some point you have to like look at the bad things and say how can i change these so they aren't bad things anymore so as as you go through this process of putting an idea out there and Mm -hmm. testing the product or even as you're growing in your own business, what do you think about when something just isn't working? The first thing that comes to mind, it's like, what did I do wrong? Usually, I didn't necessarily do anything wrong. It's just, I didn't publish it correctly, I guess, in a sense. Uh, Like, I didn't show it to the right people. It's not that it's wrong. It's that the right people didn't see what they need to see or what I want them to see. Okay. So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily like, when I put something out there and people don't like it, Again, there's always going to be those people that, oh, that's not going to work. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you also, there's some aspect of you have to show it to the right people. You can't go show it to a random crowd of a thousand. You can't show like um, a fancy car to a crowd of a thousand and half of them aren't going to care. And yeah. it's like, if you show it to the right crowd, you're going to get more feedback, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think about the fear of failure? I think feel, or fear of failure, for sure, when you're first starting, it's like huge. But I know now where I am, there's um, less of a fear of failure because uh, everyone will tell you failure is definitely like necessary on the path to success, whatever you define that as. So it's not the end. It's like it's beginning. Just another step. Exactly. Um, Yeah, you're never going to get somewhere um, before you fail at least a bunch of times. Like my stuff, I would sell stuff on eBay, which was great because it taught me everything about it. But only two years later did I realize that I was losing money on every item that I sold because of fees that I just didn't even account for. Because right. I was an ignorant seven-year-old and was like, oh, sweet, I'm selling stuff. But I was actually losing money on everything that I sold. Huh. I think I looked back, I lost something like $400 and I had no idea. But I was, it, it's like stuff you, I don't know. Yeah. But I would never say that failure is like your end point. At some point that failure is going to guide you in the right direction. If you take the right look on it, if you take the wrong look and go, oh, this sucks, I'm in a hole. Or you can go, okay, that didn't work. Like, what do I need to change to make it better, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like any money you lost is like tuition. Yeah, I like that. You're sort of paying your way to success a little bit. It's yeah. not like a certain amount. Yeah, it's like school of hard knocks a little bit, but yeah. I don't know. I like it too. That's why yeah. I'm sharing how do you think about competitive advantage in your business? So I think this is um, for every sort of business or idea that you have, if you're going to go into something where there's already people, which is what I did, you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. You can't go in and be the same as everyone else because why buy from you versus someone who's been there longer and is more established. And for me, that was extraordinary customer service, uh, really good shipping times, returns basically an overall really good customer experience Mm -hmm. because that at the end of the day that's what you that's what's going to keep people coming back um i've heard lots of things about my competitors that they get that first time customer purchase but they never come back because they take a month to ship and it's just a bad overall experience for the customer and it's very similar what amazon's doing they're making um an amazing experience for the customer because that's why they have so many returning customers that Mm -hmm. order two three times a day is um they, they just have this amazing, flawless customer service. But I certainly think when looking at it from a competitor's perspective, um, you always go, not necessarily like, can I um, design, you obviously want to have the premium product or whatever service you're selling, mm-hmm. but you also have to find some way to differentiate yourself. Like there was a competitor um, that I ended up buying, but their big thing was they did different colored socks. No one else in the world did that. So anyone that wanted different colored socks would go to them. And it was just sort of something that set them apart from the rest. Interesting. Yeah. Is there anything that surprised you about starting your own business? Um, there's definitely been surprises just like here and there. Um, but there's... What's like an example? Um, let's see. The fact that you can just hop on your computer and order from China. I did not know that was possible. How, how do you do that? So um, it's a little bit more complicated, but I found a supplier through Alibaba, which is okay. a big sourcing platform. Okay. Um, but I thought it was like super confusing and I had to learn Mandarin and all this. Um, turns out they all speak English and you can just hop on a Skype call with them. So like, I cool. was like, I need socks from, I need my own socks. So 
took me about two days to find. I sent out a whole bunch of supplier requests to talk to them. And I basically sent out this mass message that said, add me on Skype and call me. And so the next night I'm laying in bed and then I, my phone starts ringing. And it's like all these people from China. And I'm like, oh, wow, it worked. And then... <laughs> That's so, crazy. Yeah. So then, like, now I stay up in the middle of the night talking to people in China. But that was probably the most shocking thing for me is, like, what all I ever learned growing up, or from what I guessed, is that sourcing from China is this extremely complicated process. When at the end of the day, it's, like, really not that complex once you get into it. Yeah. Wow. So you're already doing, you're doing acquisitions, international business deals. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So outside of your business, what are some things you want to do with your life? I certainly, at some point in my life, would like to travel a little bit. I'm possibly looking into doing that in the next two or three years or so. Where'd you go? So last spring break, I did a little bit of a tour of Europe with my family. By far, definitely want to go back to Germany. I love Germany. So I think it'd be cool to go um, live there for a month or two maybe and work remotely. Um, Or maybe like work somewhere in Germany to get interaction with the people. Yeah. But I just thought, I went to Munich and I thought it was like the best city I've ever been to. So... Definitely want to go back there. But like future plans, um, I mean, college is a maybe for me right now. Probably exciting towards no. But I sort of live on like, I probably should look farther ahead, but I'm living right now on like a year-to-year basis, I guess. Like I'm not looking 10 years in the future. It's Mm -hmm. like, what can I do tomorrow or the next day? Yeah. Um, So I don't know that I actually have any like big plans. So as far as working remotely goes, how, how do you set that up? Working remotely, I don't necessarily know it would be with my hoopswag business. It could be something totally different. Um, when I was 14, I was, so when I was younger, I taught myself to code too. So um, okay. I coded most of my website, um, which just allows me not to have to pay someone. But I actually got offered a job when I was like 14 or 15. Um, I got offered 75000 for part-time 15-year-old, which I had to decline because I got to go to school. Um, Interesting. Wish I didn't, but... I mean, like the point of the school... One of the points of school is to get a job where you can make that kind of money. I know. It's sort but, of ironic. But like, yeah. Sorry, I got to go to school. But yeah, um, yeah, I like could easily go do freelance something online, um, the graphic design. Or maybe by then I'll be in something else that I do, do remotely, I guess. As far as your company is concerned now, uh-huh. like, how has your role changed within it? Cause you, so you were telling me earlier, you, you started out and it, you had this like 12, 12 foot, like, kind of bench set aside and it was just you and you were doing it all by hand um and now like how many employees do you have right now um right now i've got 17 higher okay so can you talk a little bit about the transition from a to b so um when i first started the whole first year i did all the pressing i literally did everything for this business um the marketing the shipping the creation socks everything and then i had to hire someone because i was like i can't continue to drive sales while doing the production like i'd be spending three four hours a night um just pressing socks so the hiring process overall for me has been extremely complicated like it's not it's nowhere near easy to get people to do a care about their job i guess do a good job yeah and that's extremely important for what i do because if you don't care you're going to create mistakes Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day that costs me money um especially when i work with a lot of people that are when we hire people that are first time this is their first job there's no expectation of like you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. Like um, at some point we had people who are trying to watch TV while working and we're like, okay, no, like you can't do that. And it's not, it, it wasn't their fault. Like they just had no expectation of a, what a working environment is like because yeah. it was their first job. And um, going back, we're probably a little bit too like chillaxed, but yeah. from getting to point A to point B, um, I basically ended up hiring more and more people. Like, who were some of the first people you hired? You mentioned um, you're a good friend. Yeah. I had a bunch of good friends that I hired at first. Um, and then we started um, hiring part-time moms, so like stay-at-home moms. Really good gig for them because they get, like, three four hours of work in the morning. And then mm-hmm. while their kids are at school. And then by the time they get home, their kids get home. Yeah. Um, so it gives them something to do. But And those people work two to three times a week. But I ended up hiring more and more people um, just because people are always sick or gone or out of town. There's just lots of stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. And really the main reason I ended up hiring people was uh, to create more time for me to basically keep pushing my business forward instead of staying stagnant in the Mm -hmm. same place. If I didn't hire people, I would still be dealing with the production and I might, I wouldn't be generating new business, I guess. Like, okay. That makes any sense. Yeah. Well, tell me more about 
uh, some of the things that you've shifted your effort to instead? Um, yeah, so I definitely took a big shift when I started hiring and bringing on more and more people. Yeah. I was all like production, like how can we get this done the fastest way and out the door? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mom's taking over that. She does the production during the day. And so like when I get home from school, I will go do all the social media. I like, I schedule everything. Um, I started doing a lot more press recently too. And then I do, um, like I also started applying for awards and things that just require a lot of filling out. But for the most part, I also do, um, cause I do like all of our promotional everything. So I deal with all the graphic design whenever we want a new sock design, um, or when we collaborate with people, it all requires artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spend a lot of time doing graphic design. Interesting. Yeah. It's actually a lot tougher for me, I found, because so my business became successful in uh, the space that it's in because of my artwork, which was sort of my taste to it, um, I guess you could say. Okay. So I've tried different oh. graphic designers and things, oh, okay. but it's hard to replicate sort of my flavor of graphic design, I guess. Yeah. Because that's, at the end of the day, what sells and that's yeah. what decides what sells and what doesn't is how good your designs are, at least yeah. in my market. Right, yeah. Um, so it's hard. It definitely is um, possible to hire more people, but I've just had a challenge finding someone that can do it consistently, I guess. You just need the right like fit for exactly yeah. your brand. Has running your own business changed how you think about money at all? Um, yes, my sense of money is definitely a little bit off compared to someone else who's 17. Yeah. Um, well, what do you mean? So, like... I will go to tournaments or whatever, and, like, I don't see money as something I can go to a store and buy necessarily. It's more of a tool, I guess you could say, for me. Like, when I see money, I'm not like, ooh, let's go spend this. It's like, what can I use this money for to improve my business and eventually improve revenue overall? Uh-huh. That makes sense to you. Like, I see money as a tool to reinvest yeah. back into yourself or your business. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, and I can't speak for all 17-year-olds, but... A lot of my friends, they see it as, oh, this is like three cheeseburgers at McDonald's. Like, right. I don't really like every it. dollar is a taco at Taco Bell. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I just see it. I think they see it as a, a, it obviously has value, but that's their sole purpose of it. And Interesting. I see it as a tool. Consumption versus regeneration. A tool. Yeah. So if someone gives you like $10,000, what do you do with it? If someone was to give me $10,000 today, yeah. I would. I have a program that I've been working on that I would probably use it to build awareness. Um, it's I started doing it last year. It's a high school basketball program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go to varsity coaches and give their team free socks. And I would also sell the same socks. They'd be totally customized. And I'd sell them on my site. And 20% of those proceeds go back to the program. So it was a really good gig for them. They got free socks. But what ended up, what ended up happening was their JV and freshman teams were like, oh, I want those too. And so they'd come to me, and in the end, um, we'd end up helping out their program, mm-hmm. as well as gener- generating revenue for us, and mm-hmm. basically spreading my brand name. That's really what it was. But the problem is getting, it sounds too good to be true, like free socks and money back to your program. Like So like if I had $10,000, I would go build a campaign around this, and basically go blast it out to everyone that I could get a hold of to get more participants, because it just, it's similar, that's what Nike did, um, uh-huh. except to the college market. They gave free things to coaches, uh-huh. and in return, their players wore them, and that's why they're huge today. Interesting. It's the same sort of idea. Yeah. Um, I have an idea for you. I'm sure you people like come to you. Yeah, like, I love to hear Like that. the armchair um, business. So you know how like the Ducks have a new uniform every year? Yeah. Or every game, I uh-huh. mean, um, like the football team. So that my idea would be that you could set up people on a kind of a subscription basis where you uh-huh. say, like, hey, we have... Each game will give you a new design for your players to wear, mm-hmm. and it costs like X dollars, like up front or recurring, just as like yeah, a, yeah. a recurring predictable revenue source. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of ways to make it recurring. Exactly, I like the recurring model. Yeah. Um, one of our the company acquired they had a reoccurring sock subscription service where they would, um, I believe it was like one hundred and twenty bucks a year, and you got a new pair every month. Mm-hmm. Um, people loved it. They, like, were all over it. So yeah, that's something I'm looking at implementing again once I get things under control. One thing I heard, like, is when you when you, when you have a recurring revenue, you get valued at a higher multiple, generally. Yeah. Um, Makes sense, because people, a lot of the times, people honestly just forget about it. Yeah. Like, I know I've done that. I've been like, oh, like, oops, racked up $300 in recurring charges. I didn't mean to. Right. And it's, you can't, you can't like, base your business off that model, but... Yeah. And people just stick with it. Like it's 
much easier for them from their perspective. They don't have to go click order every month. It just comes to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so from their perspective, it's much easier. So what does success look like to you like personally? Um, personal success to me, um, probably it's doing something um, regardless of money, like just throw money out of the picture. It's doing something that it sounds like a mainstream question, but I don't like dread getting up every day. Like yeah. school, not very happy to get up for that. But like, um, if I have something to look forward to, mm-hmm. um, that I, I will get up early in the morning to go do yeah. like that is success to me. Cause it's, I found something that makes me happy and it's not only, um, just makes me happy, but I feel like if you can make a change in the world as well, yeah, like change something or do something better for the world and at the same time, entertain yourself. Um, and also always be learning. Like I wouldn't want to ever stop learning. Um, so I feel like it's, sort of mainstream answer but right on i don't think that's a mainstream answer at all actually i really like it i think it's well thought out definitely beyond what a lot of people have thought through for their lives yeah it's hard like when you need to start paying bills and stuff or i mean you you're you're yeah. paying bills for your business but like when you like paying for an apartment to live in and uh-huh. stuff like that it's like it's easy to get sucked into the rat race kind of like yeah. that like well i need the next thing i need like now I need a car. Now I need this. Now I need a house. Now yeah. I need, and basically you just like, you're on this like hamster wheel. Yeah. And it's just, there's always more, more, more. Um, and it, and like that, that it, you can't get out of it by just, there's no mon- money amount or a consumption yeah. amount. Um, it's definitely like a higher thinking. Like you have to take a step back and be like, what am I really doing? Has your success created any like challenges in other areas of your life? Um, definitely. Uh, sometimes with people, uh, like when I meet them and they find out what I do, um, especially at school, some everybody in my school knows there's a sock kid, but as soon as they figure out who the sock kid is, uh, some people's attitude totally changed towards me. How so? Just way friendlier. Like, oh, oh, it's that's like wrong, guys. No, like why? Like I'm just a person. It's not like that, but like it's annoying almost. Like. I get called rich all the time and it's like, that's obnoxious. Like, yeah, I don't know. It really, it pisses me off. Cause it's like, even if I like was, it's like, I wouldn't have just not my, my parents said, here, I have a million dollars. Like it was like, I worked for it, you know, like, so right. people's added, but also, um, I get, there's that side of it. And there's also the, um, from adults, I get a lot more respect, um, okay. in terms of, I'm sort of like an established, like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not like a teenager just looking to cause trouble, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I can see both sides of those, I guess. Yeah. On the side, on the rich side, I I haven't met any entrepreneurs or business people who started from started from nothing, who uh-huh. started uh, their own company. Yeah. That aren't just great, humble people. Yeah. They're just gen- like the people that I've met. Like they get it. They get it's hard work uh-huh. and that it takes a lot of integrity and like discipline to like to build a business that way. Yeah. And, but then they kind of get a bad, people get like a bad rap, um, especially like kind of in Oregon, there's like this little like anti-business yeah, yeah. or people see businesses as kind of like exploiting you versus like offering a service. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And it's just like kind of backwards to me. Like why? There's, yeah, there's, oh yeah. It's, there's always going to be some backlash, I guess. Yeah. But I feel like the people who have been through it have extreme amounts of like respect for the people who are going through it. Yeah. And it's. But generally, the people who, like like you said, started from nothing, even if they didn't, like, most people who, like, end up successful um, in one sense or another are generally, like, good people. Like, they're not out to get you, mm-hmm. um, if that makes any sense. Like, Yeah. Well, you can't get very far if you're trying to, like, yeah. pull one over on people every time. Exactly. You get caught. Karma's going to catch up at some point, so, like... Yeah. And you just can't hide anymore. Like that United Airlines thing. Yeah. 50 years ago, we might not have heard about it. Exactly. Like, it would get picked up in a local paper and maybe just die there. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's crazy because I was seeing, like, the, have pictures of everyone on their phone. Yeah. And, like, like you're constantly being monitored. Or, exactly. um, like, everyone had their phone out. Knew yeah, there's just a whole new level of accountability. Huh. Um, I mean, it's good and bad. There's, like, a little bit of mob mentality maybe at, the, at its worst, but uh-huh. at its best, you know, it's calling people out on bad stuff. Um, so, okay. So last question, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Um, I play a lot of soccer for uh-huh. fun. Um, I sometimes hang out with people. I don't really hang out with people that much. Yeah. Um, another thing that I do for entertainment is like uh, 
photography, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I actually work a lot and I don't consider it work. Like it is fun. Like it is fun for me. So I don't know that I could consider it work. Mm -hmm. So I guess in my free time, I spend a lot of it working, but it's not like work for me. It's something I really enjoy. Like I would rather do that than, I don't know, go like to a party or something, I guess. Really thoughtful response. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. You can find Brendan Agronoff and his business Hoopswig at hoopswig.com and on Instagram at hoopswig.com. If you like this podcast, please leave a review in your podcast app. This episode's review comes from Blue Sky 2017 who says, These are really interesting since they cover a variety of business areas. Each week I look forward to another one in a completely new area. Thanks for the review, Blue Sky 2017. And so far, folks, all the reviews have been positive, yet the podcast isn't growing as fast as I want it to. So here's a favor that I have to ask. If you think the podcast is great the way it is, and you wouldn't change anything, go out and tell all of your friends and family, your bank teller, your grocery checker, your mailman, your boss, your employees and clients to listen to this podcast. Because if it's good, just help me evangelize. Like, share and spread the word. I figure, based on the number of reviews I have, there are at least 12 people who like it. Which makes me think, you know, if, if Jesus had 12 apostles and created a movement worth one and a half billion people without even using the internet, Think what we could do with 12 people combined with the power of the internet, assuming you really like it. So go spread the word, people. We're just a fraction of the way to 1.5 billion lives change. I think that's a pretty good goal, so help me out. On the other hand, uh, if you don't think it's good, or not as good as it needs to be to make you want to proselytize in that way, well, tell me about that too. Okay, T- Tell me what you think specifically, what questions and guests, and where I lose your interest. What do I do that turns you off? Are episodes too long? Do you want more commentary during the episode from me? Do I let guests talk way too long about things that just aren't interesting to you? What is not interesting to you? Do you want more digestible advice that you can apply to your own life? Do you want more of my voice or less of my voice? What works? What doesn't? Tell me, please, either in a review or by shooting me an email at nicholaspeel at gmail.com. So that's my big request, to grow this podcast to the size of Christianity. Thank you for any help you can give. Music for this podcast is by Cambrian Explosion who are featured in the documentary movie Space Jam, where they are transformed into animated creatures who play basketball with Michael Jordan. You can hear them dunking from the free throw line, musically speaking, on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and cepdx.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.